Uh, this morning, I'm going to talk to you about Thanksgiving, right? What a shock. And, and I, I could have just told Bethany, hey, keep going, because you're, you're right on target here. And the Thanksgiving idea is, again, right on target uh, with what we're going to be sharing with you this morning. And, uh, you know, John puts um, uh, uh, images out on the, on the podcast and different things, our messages. And, and, and so we kind of titled this, I don't know that it's really a sermon series this week and next week, but we've titled this The Heart of Thanksgiving, Right? And, and I want us to really think about the heart of Thanksgiving. And, and Bethany really introduced you to, to the concept and the idea. But, but what I want us to do this morning is I want us to come to a place where we move from our blessings into the blessing and the presence and the anointing of God. You with me? Because if we're not careful, if we're not careful... We will see our blessings, we will take our blessing, and, and we will find refuge in the things, refuge in the stuff, refuge in the, the peripherals of our faith, and never really truly come alive in Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. Are you with me? Amen. So yes, I'm going to challenge you. It's kind of what I do, right? You guys are used to it by now, right? But I, but I think we need to be challenged, amen? Because, you know, if we're not careful, we will spend this holiday, we will spend this time of year, God, thank you for my car. God, thank you for my family. God, thank you for this. God, thank you for that. Thank you for this meal. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for my job. Thank you for all of these things. And we should do that. We should do that. Amen? But we should do that in such a way that it doesn't become an idol in our life. Ooh, now we're going to put the rubber on the road, right? We should do that in such a way that it doesn't become an idol in our life, but instead it becomes something that we see the power and anointing of God working and moving and driving us to the place that we accomplish the will of heaven. And y'all getting quiet early, right? But listen, understand this. When Jesus came, he was ultimately put to sacrifice for our sins, but he was done so by the religious of that day. Even his followers, even his disciples turned from him in the end, other than John and his mother and Mary, all of them turned from him. Why? Because they didn't get what they wanted. They, didn't, they, they, they came to the end and realized, oh, maybe, maybe he's not the Messiah. Oh, maybe he's not the one. Oh, I'm not getting an earthly kingdom. Oh, we don't get to stick our tongues out at the Romans and, and everything else. So I don't know where I'm at in all of this. And they ran away. Even Peter, one of his closest, Denied him three times and cursed him. Cursed him. Cursed him. Amen? We're talking about the dude that walked on water. Right? Hand in hand with Jesus. And what did he do? He cursed him. Where's the thanksgiving in that? Where's the blessing in that? Where's the anointing and the power in that? Right? 
And so what we, what we find ourselves doing, if we're not careful, if, is we find ourselves pointing at things in our life and saying, I'm blessed. And I'm thankful for that. And we should. But where we err is when we allow those things to present our spirituality and present our position with God in our life. And if we're not careful, the very things he's blessed us with, right, will become idols in our life that will push him out of our life. Amen? And so when we really, when we really focus on the heart of thanksgiving, it, it is God's way. And understand, this isn't a religious holiday in, in the beginning. And it's been, it's been crafted into a number of different things for us as far as uh, religion and as far as the, uh, the world and the politics and, and the, the variances across uh, the different countries and, and whatever. Okay, but, but understand that as Christians, when we think about thanksgiving, we should be thinking about God's work in our life. Right? And I've often told you that if, if you pay attention to my, my Facebook feed, and I'm not encouraging you to do that. I'm spending less and less time on, on social media. But, but if you pay attention, normally you'll see, you, you'll see the, the production of my study and, and, and the, the things that I'm focused on mentally and spiritually and everything else. You'll, you'll see them kind of filter in to my page now and then. And uh, the other day... Uh, I was completely overwhelmed as I was thinking about uh, heading home and how thankful I was for my wife and how thankful I was for my family. And, and when I see all of the things uh, that people have in this world, the, the construct that some people call family and, and the, some, the construct that some people call a marriage and, and everything else, and then I look at mine, I think, man, I am overwhelmingly blessed. I am overwhelmingly blessed and I am overwhelmingly touched by God to be in this place and to be in this position and with these people in my life. Amen? And, and, then, I, and then I begin to think. I begin to think about what could have been. And I begin to think about where I could have been. I could have started thinking about who I could have been with. And I, and I begin thinking about all of the things that, that I used to justify worldliness in my life just trying to make it to what I wanted. Just trying to get to where I wanted to be. Just trying to, to be with who I wanted to be with. And, and all, of these, all of these things happen, all of these God things happen to, to orchestrate my life and point me to where I'm at today. Amen? And truly, my life is at a place where I can't do anything. I can't take any credit. I can't, I can't pat myself on the back at all. I can't, I can't brag to anybody about anything. And that's how it should be. That's how it should be. Why? Because God has orchestrated me to the things I have. And he has, he has pathed my life to the people that are in it. And he has purposed in me what he purposed in me at my creation. Now, I kept, I kept messing it up, right? And, and he kept having to give me the kicks, right, to, to get back to it. And I could have denied it. 
I could have denied it. I could have said, no, God, I'm choosing this over you because this is important to me, right? And, and I think this is as much important to my spiritual life as your power and your anointing working in me. I could have been that guy. I could have been that dude. I could have, been, I could have started authoring my own faith, right? But somewhere along the way, I relented. And somewhere along the way, I said, I know exactly where it was. I, I said, God... I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Jesus, when he died upon the cross, said three words. What did he say? It is finished. Amen. A declaration that the work in the flesh that God had given him to do was over and was done. And what would take place from that point forward was spiritual. Only spiritual. Amen? And I came to the same place in my life. I came to the same place in my life where I realized that I just kept messing up. And I realized that I, could, I just kept making bad choices. I realized that I just continued to live in sin because God wasn't important enough to me. The heart of thanksgiving wasn't part of who I was and what I was. And I wasn't living a life devoted to the kingship of Jesus Christ and his Lord and Lord and King of Kings presence in me. Amen. Jesus, uh, thankful for GB. And, and we spent a, a good time here together yesterday for, for Saturday prayer. And uh, we shared a lot of things. And, and in our conversation, I talked about, or I shared, and, and we talked about how Jesus said something very curious at one point when he said, Render to Caesars what Caesars. Render to God what's God's, right? And that was a duplication of something that, that God and Moses shared when Moses was about to deliver the people out of Egypt when, when he said, take nothing of Egypt. Take nothing of Egypt. Render, right, to Egypt what's Egypt. Leave it alone. Walk away from it and leave it behind. Amen? And God, knowing their hearts, guess what he did? As, as the Israelites crossed through the ocean, or crossed through the sea, and got to the other side, the waves came crashing down and destroyed the army. And through the plagues, what was God, what was God doing? God was slowly destroying all of Egypt. Amen? So that when the Israelites began murmuring and began complaining and began whining instead of grabbing hold of God, began complaining about what it was that they had, instead of relishing the fact that God had delivered them, they began wanting to go back to a place that had nothing. They wanted to go back to a place that, that only wrought destruction upon them and only wrought the things that God told them to stay away from. Amen? The things God said, don't take with you. Amen. And they may not have taken it physically, but it was in their heart and it was in their head. And they longed for it. They longed for it. And friends, if we're not careful, we'll do the same stuff. Amen. We'll do the same thing. Right? We'll take God's blessing over our life and make it an idol. Make it something. Amen. That, that is equal or more important to God. And when we do that, there's no 
real thanks in it because we're not living in the Spirit. We haven't said it's finished to our flesh work in this life. And we haven't been bought into the spiritual fervor of what God has for us in this life. And so when we truly give ourselves over to the heart of thanksgiving, we are saying to ourselves, nobody else, we're saying to ourselves, I choose God over all of this. I choose God over that, and I choose God over this. And yes, this is part of my life, but I'm going to ensure that I am serving Him in it. Amen? Are you serving God in your job? Are you finding, are you finding ways to bring thanks and praise to Him in your daily toils? Amen? If, if our heart is full of thanksgiving, we, we should. So I'm going I'm to share with you this morning from Psalms 107, and, and we'll dig a little deeper. It says, Oh, give thanks, Psalm 107, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. For His mercy endureth forever. For He is good. And his mercy endureth forever. Amen. One came to Jesus one day and said, Good master. And Jesus responded and said, Why do you call me good? Son of God, Lord and Lord, King of kings. But because of the flesh, Jesus knew that because of the flesh and the temptations of the flesh, even though he withstood them, Amen? Jesus knew that because of where I am and I am embattling this flesh seeking to please itself, I can't be called good. Only he can. It wasn't until Jesus separated himself from flesh and stepped into his spirit form that he was able to find something worthy to present to God. So I, before he could take the sacrifice to God, he had to die. Amen? And so what we see in all of this is we see that Jesus is creating a mindset and Jesus is creating a lifestyle with which we live to where God is imminent. And nothing detracts from that. Nothing pulls us away from that. And we recognize it in everything that we do. So that God is first and foremost. Amen? And when you do that, God things will start happening in your life. God things will begin to happen. Things that you can't explain in the flesh. Amen? And, and we, should, we, we should ever look ourselves towards his mercy and, and towards his grace for those things. Why? Because those things endure. Jobs come and go. Cars come and go. Friends come and go. Right? Sad to believe, right? But because we're constantly seeking to, to get what we want out of things, out of relationships, out of friendships, out of love, and we're seeking to please ourselves and we're not seeking to lift up God and edify Him in what we're doing, the flesh will continue to creep in and enter in and be part of that. 
And it limits the blessing. It limits the power of God to work in that situation and in that, that relationship and in those things and, and in the stuff. Because we choose to make it more important than him. Which means our thankfulness is limited. And our thankfulness is, is completed in faith. And our thankfulness is completed in power. And our, our thankfulness is completed in the redemption that God says. The psalmist goes on and says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Redeemed. Converted. Changed, different, new, right? Old things passed away. All things, not some, not a little bit, not I'm going to sneak this in, Lord. Amen. All things become what? New. What does that mean? It means I am choosing God over the desires and the lusts and the wants and, and things of my life. Amen? I am choosing him. If I lose this, praise God. He will supply. If I lose that, praise God. He will bless. If, I, if my life goes here, praise God. He will bless it. He will touch it. He will provide what is needed for me. I'm choosing to walk away from the flesh. I'm choosing to let Caesar have this world. And I'm choosing to step in to the kingdom of heaven. I'm choosing to walk in the kingdom of heaven. I'm choosing for my mindset to be about the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Because if we're not careful, even, even the greatest of blessings will become our idol. Amen? will become more important to us than God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What is he saying to us? He is saying, let us choose God above everything. Amen? Be thankful for your family, but don't choose them above God. Be thankful for your spouse, but don't choose him or her above God. Be thankful for your friends, but don't choose them above God. Be thankful for your job, but don't choose it above God. Be thankful for the stuff you are blessed with, but don't choose it above God. Redeemed means you belong to him. Redeemed means you have been pulled from that and made new. Amen? So God will bless us and God will move in our lives for the purpose of his kingdom. For the purpose of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is never going to bless you or give you something or lead you somewhere that is contrary to his kingdom. Because he came to build that, not you. He came to build his kingdom, not this world. And so he is saying to us, choose me. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Choose me. Say so. Claim me. Make me first and foremost. You, wonder, you ever wonder what first and foremost means, right? It's kind of cliche. We say it all the time. First means first. That's easy. Foremost means above everything else. Above everything else. And how many of us would make that choice? 
How many of us, when faced with some of the, the most precious things in our life, would choose God? And yet, and yet, he, he brings us to a place of blessing with those things so that we might edify him, not replace him. Amen? Whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Understand this flesh and understand that this world and everything it provides and everything it's, it offers is intent to destroy you spiritually. Satan will use all of it to destroy you spiritually. Amen? Proof is when he, when he met with Jesus in the wilderness. And he promised all kinds of things to Jesus. Amen? And Satan said, I'll give you this and I'll give you that. Amen? And Jesus in his flesh could have easily said, man, that sounds pretty good. I don't have to go to the cross. I don't have to sacrifice this. I don't have to do that. Right? And, and so what if I, I, I create an earthly kingdom? So what if I build up for, for riches here instead of in, in his glory? Right? It, it'll still serve the same purpose. It'll still meet the same end. Right? But the God in Jesus said no. The God in Jesus said, mm, I'm after something bigger. I'm after something better. I'm after something greater than anything you can give me. Amen? So I choose God. Amen? And he was thankful for what God had given. He was thankful for the power and the glory and the firmament of God Almighty. And it goes to tell us that he redeems us from the hand of the enemy. And it describes that, that he gathered them out of the lands from the east and the west and the north and the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way and they found no city to dwell in. This is redemption. Right? This is a biblical definition of, of redemption. That God delivered them out of all of these lands and delivered them away from all of these things and took them away from these mindsets. Amen? And if we're not careful, our whiny flesh will say, oh, this is so hard. Oh, this is so difficult. Oh, this is too much. Oh, why is God doing this? And we will never recognize and we will never see that God's doing us the favor. God is bringing us to a place to where the thinking of those in the east and the thinking of those in the west, uh, the idol, uh, idolatry of the north and the idolatry of the south doesn't take hold of my mind and doesn't take hold of our heart. God is taking us to a desolate, fleshly place that we might abound spiritually. That we might abound spiritually. Amen. And that we see things for what they're meant to be. And we realize that if God is delivering us from evil, God is delivering us from evil. We pray it, right? The model prayer. God, deliver me from evil. Right? And then when he does it, we don't like how it feels. We don't like the loneliness. We don't like the difficulty. We don't, we don't like the uncertainty. Right? 
Because our eyes, our eyes were focused on, on those things. That even while they brought pain and while they brought hurt and while they may have confused us in our head and, and in our heart, they became a place of comfort for us. And so when God removes it from us, we don't like it a whole lot. Y'all with me? Hmm? We don't like it a whole lot. Amen? But when we are separated from the power of this world and the, of this life, and, and we are drawn into the redemption power of the Lord. And we can stand with him and look on the things of our life and be like, wow, I am blessed. Wow, I am redeemed. Wow, God has shown up again and again and again and again. And he has done God things to put me where I am. Amen. And, and you know, I, I'm going to be honest. Some, some days I'm good at this. Some days I'm not, right? Don't think I'm just preaching at you, right? But the reality is I'm a whole lot better today than I was years ago. Man, this was a wrestle for, this was wrestling for me in, in a lot of ways. God, I don't want to give that up. God, I need this. God, I need that. And, and the more I fought and the more I, I tried to hold on, the more I struggled, Right? And all of a sudden, one day, I woke up and I realized that I'm creating my struggle. I'm creating my pain. I'm creating my anxiety. I'm creating my depression because I am holding on to the things that God says, I want to redeem you of that. I want to take it out of your head and out of your heart and replace it with me and me only. Amen? Give to God what's God's. Give to God what he created you to be. Give to God what he authored you to be. Give to God what he wants to finish in you. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let us choose him with thankful hearts. With thanksgiving in our heart and upon our mind, let us step in to all that he has and nothing else. Amen? Let us not get cranky about it. Someone asked me the other day, jokingly, at, at, at uh, my conference, they said, uh, so, so, preacher, how are you going to handle it if there's no coffee in heaven? I said, in heaven, I ain't going to be dependent upon this flesh for nothing. So they can have the coffee because I'm going to have the light of that world forever and ever. But until that, you better make sure the pot's full. Right? Until then, you better make sure the pot's full. Amen? It says that they wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way and they found no city to dwell in. Listen, friends, so often we become uncomfortable because we feel out of place. In this life. So often we become sad because the closer we get to God, the less friends we have. Amen? Sometimes we, we come to a place and a point that our goals and our, our, our life's work, amen, comes to a crossroad for us and we have to choose God instead. Amen? 
And so it becomes painful and it becomes hurtful. But listen, God is leading us to a place where we are dependent on him. Where our faith is complete in him and where we aren't writing the story. It took a long time for me to understand that, right? I liked writing my story, GB. I liked being in charge of the pen, right? I liked being the guy that was the maker of my salvation. But then all of a sudden, one day, the fear and trembling part of that kind of crept in. And God began speaking to me, and God began saying to me that there are too many things, Jay, that have a hold of your life. I can't take you the whole way. I can't take you all the way as long as you let these things be part of the story because I want nothing to do with that. I don't want that. That's not part of my kingdom. That's not, that's not part of... Of my story. That's not a God thing. Amen? So you got a choice to make. You need to decide. And so there were a lot of things I stepped away from. And a lot of things that when I stepped away from, it hurt. Man, it was like, man, I'm going to miss that. Man, I'm going to... That's, that's, you know, that's, that's part of who I am. That, that's, that's part of what I've made. That's, that's me. Right? We're not talking about coffee. But that's, that's me. I'm, I'm letting go. And you see, that's when this journey gets tough. That's when this mindset gets tough. And it's why God repeatedly in Scripture removes people from where he found them. He repeatedly removes people from where he found them. What did Jesus what did Jesus say to the disciples on the dock that day when he appeared to them? Hey, just keep fishing, guys. Just keep doing what you're doing because that matters. No, what did he say? He said, leave that, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Amen? And when Jesus was removed from their presence, what did they do? Did they preach his gospel and sing his praises with a heart of thanksgiving? No, they returned to fishing. And Jesus had to appear to him on the shore that day and said, Do you really love me? Or is this just a game? Do you really love me? Then feed my lambs and feed my sheep. Build my kingdom. Build my kingdom. Build my kingdom. Amen? So we see throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament alike, that he was constantly displacing people from what they had made and what they had built and who they had become and moving them into the glorious light with a capital L of his presence. Amen? So when we talk about redemption, when we say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about those that choose to leave the east and the west and the north and the south. Those that choose to walk together in the wilderness and to build a kingdom that far surpasses anything here. Verse 5, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. 
What did Jesus say when tempted with bread? I have things to eat that you know not of, right? Bread alone, bread alone does not make up who I am, right? What he was presenting to us in that moment is that when we are found sufficient in him, he will fill us, right? Might not, might not be the, the greatest, right? We might, eat, we might eat more dates than we do steaks or figs or olives, right? I'm talking in biblical terms. All y'all out there that hate olives are probably like, right? But in biblical terms, we, we might eat this or that more than we do steaks. But, but the reality is we are being filled by him for his purpose. When they cried unto the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way that they might go to a city of habitation. That they might go to a city, that they might go to a place where God is. A place where where we now stay with God, where we now think with God, where we now move with God. Where everything about who we are and what we are and what we're doing leads us to the path of his kingdom. And to the purpose of his kingdom. And to the spirituality that makes it easy for us to turn away the the temptations, whatever they may be. Because we have now set our sights on something bigger and something not of this world. And something that will never die. Because of his redemptive power. Verse 8, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Amen. When we, I mean, to me, this is God's thanksgiving. This is the heart of thanksgiving. I'm not talking about what we're going to do Thursday or this weekend or anything coming up. But when we really think about thanksgiving... We forget the holiday aspect of it. And we think about the deep-rooted praise and worship that, that should constantly evolve in us because the work of God is alive in our life. Then our craving won't be sweet potato casserole, honey. Our craving will be the presence and anointing of God. Because our heart's desire, our, our, our affections will turn from earthly things to all that he is. All the, I like it here because I can see it better. All that he is and all that he will do and all that he is manifesting over our life. Amen. And you stay there long enough. You know, habitation, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about taking up residence. We're talking about a place where we stay and a place where we stay fulfilled and a, and a place where, where he is constantly present with us. And we stay present with God long enough. 
We will, the, the, Satan will lose his grasp on how to tempt us. Because we just won't care. We just won't care. No, I'm good, Satan. I got, I, I got God. I got Jesus. Nah, not that important. Not that important. Don't care. I got, I, I got the holy one I'm hanging out with. Hey, Amen. You, you, keep, you keep crawling around there in the dust because that dust ain't for me anymore. Amen. You, you, keep, you, you keep tracking through the mud and the muck. Amen. Because that's not for me anymore. You, you, keep, you keep hanging out in the bad decisions because the bad decisions aren't for me anymore. Why? Because I'm taking residence with God. Amen. And I'm not ashamed to say so. I'm not ashamed to claim it. And I will claim it before the children of men. What does that mean? It means that I am telling not only God, but I'm telling, not only telling Satan, but I am telling the world, I choose God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I choose God over anything and everything. Amen? doesn't mean I'm, uh, I'm going to neglect my wife. I'm going to pour into my wife and edify her the way the Bible tells me to. Why? Because I'm God's and I'm doing God things. Amen? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rear my children in the fear of the Lord. Why? Because I'm God and I do God things. I'm going to present myself undefiled to my friends and to my family and to those before me. Why? Because I'm God's and I do God things. And I'm thankful. And I'm thankful. Well, Jay, you could have this job. Yeah, I could, but I'm okay here. You could, you could drive this car. Amen. Bob put his Bob put his Beamer up on uh, up for sale this week, and I, I was looking at that picture. And I was like, "Man, that looks really good. I really like the looks of that. That'd be cool driving around in the summer on everything else." Amen. But other than a, that, a few minutes of thinking, "Man, that's a sweet car." I looked at what I had, and I was thankful for what I had. Nothing against Bob or his car, but I was thankful for what I had. Amen. And you see, this week that became a, a really overwhelming moment for me, and I shared. Just a tidbit of that on, on social media. Because I began looking back at my life. And I began looking at, at the path I was on. And, and where it was leading. And it was a good path by worldly standards. I, I, was, I was making connections. And I had this going on and that going on. And, and everything else. I'm not going to embellish that. But, but, but I was on a good path by worldly standards. Amen. But when I, when I chose to sell out to God and be redeemed of God, those things began to fade away. Amen? And God began to move me where he wanted me. And from that point forward, my life became a host of God things. It became a host of God stories. It became, it became a thing where it was desolate around me, but I was blessed in the presence of the Lord. And what I needed, sometimes just only what I needed, was given, was provided, was set before me. Amen? So many times I feasted in the presence of my enemies simply because I chose God over the other things. And God chose to show up. He didn't need my wisdom. 
He didn't, need, he didn't need my education. He didn't need my bank account. He didn't need my car. He didn't need, he didn't need my reputation. He just needed me to choose him above all those things. And then he did the work. He made the provision. Amen. And we see this throughout Scripture. Amen. And so when we preach messages like this, every, everyone's kind of like, I don't get it. You know, that's, you know that's, that's so difficult. It's so hard for me to navigate. And everything else, friend, I mean, from, from the old, beginning of the Old Testament all the way through to the calling of the disciples and the early church selling all that they had for the cause of the kingdom, it is, it is what God presents to us completely. Without, without shame, without confusion, it is what he says. Do these things and follow me. It is what he shows us. We continue to struggle because we continue to allow those things to become idols in our life. So with thanksgiving upon us, we should not only evaluate our blessings, but we should evaluate our idols. We should evaluate the things that we put before God. We should evaluate what we've given to Caesar and what we've given to God. We should evaluate what we've carried out of the land of Egypt. Because we're not going to habitate in holiness with those things in our backpack. Amen. Or in our suitcase or in our closet or in the trunk of our car we're not going to habitate in holiness in those places amen we are called to more and understand this isn't about me 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 wrecking your plans for a great and happy thanksgiving amen but but this is about me encouraging you to the fullness of thanksgiving regardless of what day of the year it is the fullness of thanksgiving to come before a holy God and say, I am wholly yours. Amen? Holy yours. Not H-O-L-Y yours. W-H-O-L-L-Y yours. Amen? Because only when we are holy, with the W, His, do we become holy with the H, with Him. Amen? And that is when our heart is full of thanksgiving because our life is manuscripted with God things and not J things. Amen. There was a day that I loved to tell people what I had done. Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Amen. And still, you sit around and you're telling stories and you're sharing things and a memory pops in your mind and, and, and you share those things, right? We all do that, right? But as I stop and I, I look back at my life over the last many years, there's not a whole lot for me to brag about, if anything. Because everything that was good in my life came by the hand of God. Came by the hand of God. And as a church family, you know. You know where we've been. You know what we've come through. You know, you know that, that things just happened. Amen? From, from chairs at, at, a, at a nothing cost 
before we even had a place. Tell me God's not aware. Tell me God's not working. Amen? And, and, and I, could, I could list, but I'm not going to. Amen? But the need always being met. Sometimes just enough, and that's okay. But the need always being met, whatever it was. And those are God things. Those aren't things that, that I caused. Those aren't things that, that you caused. But those are things that because we came together and we habitated for a purpose and a vision that was beyond ourselves, God recognized and God said, I'll provide. Amen? Now, sometimes he blesses each of us or different of us or all of us. Amen? To, to create that provision. Amen? And we need to stop seeing that as a, look what I've done. But we need to realize that it's God working in the greater good, providing things for us so that we might accomplish His will. And that's build the kingdom of heaven. Amen? He's not interested in the things of this world and the things of this life. And our resume can be grand. Amen? And, and he's just, he's just going to snarl up his nose and say, what else you got? Right? What else you got? And we need, we need to understand that. And we need to come to a place to where our heart is fully given to him. And we recognize our life as a God thing. Amen? If you'd have told me 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I'd be standing here this morning. I was like, <laughs> been down that road. No, thank you. I'm going to stay right where I am because it's nice and warm and comfy here. Amen? But sometimes we've got to give up comfy. Amen? Sometimes we've got to give up, right, the, 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 the Caesar stuff and, and fully choose redemption. Right? Oh, give thanks. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For he is good. He doesn't say anything about, I don't, I don't see Jay there anywhere. Do you? Hmm. Anybody see your name there? No. Because you ain't good. Right? And the only way you find good is in him. For he is good. And his mercy towards us endures forever. What does that mean? It means there is no path that we walk with him that he doesn't have provision for. There is, no, there is no dark place that we go that he doesn't have victory for. There is no uncertainty and earthly confusion that we walk in that he doesn't have answers for. Amen? And if we feel like the darkness is overcoming us. If we feel like the confusion is overwhelming us, it is because we have come out of Egypt with stuff and with things that grip and hold our lives. Amen? And God's saying, man, you can't, you can't come right here with that stuff. You can't come right here with those things. Let me redeem you. Let me redeem you. Let me set you free. Because you see, the reality is, 
everything that we bring out of Egypt, everything that we render to ourselves from Caesar are things that chain us and captivate us and keep us from the full heart of thanksgiving. 